Mess It Up podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, welcome to the Mess It Up podcast. You found us. Here we are, ready for you. Are you ready to mess it up, Christina? You sound crazy right now. Are we really rolling? We're rolling. That's oh it. I decided word. to come in a little bit different. I, I like it that. sort of like a little bit of a secret, you know? I sort of think it sounds creepy. Well, maybe. This is the Mess It Up <laughs> podcast. And what better time to be creepy than Valentine's week? True. Hey. True. You know, I told Bev, my wife, who uh, is a listener from California from last and was week. also on last week's show, that when we started dating, I said, look, I can... Um, do Valentine's Day for you. That's perfect. No problem. I got no problem with Valentine's Day. However, I can also love you all year long if you would prefer to have all year instead of just one day. So she picked all year. So we don't really do much for Valentine's Day, but it is Valentine's week. And I hear there's a shortage of conversation hearts. So we're going to have to be the conversation. This is the Mess It Up podcast. I am the bow tie guy. And I am the biker chick. And yeah, I'm just making things crazy, aren't I? Hey, um, we love to live on the interwebs. That's where the podcast is. And so we are on a bunch of social media things that I want to let you know about. We're on Twitter and we're on Instagram and we try to do fun things, give away things. So check that out. Uh, If you retweet messed up Valentine's, just hashtag messed up Valentine's, somebody is going to win a Starbucks card. Wow. Just by tweeting out something with messed up Valentine. So find your Valentine story that's messed up. Hashtag messed up Valentine stories. I'll take a look at those. And someone who uh, puts that on the Twitter, on the Instagram, or on the Facebooks will win a Starbucks card. So how long do they have to do this? Well, um, I will do it. This is week uh, 44, show 44. So we're on February 12th. So um, next week's show, we'll announce a winner. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, that's so quick. that'll be so during be the week it. of um, Valentine's. Yeah. So nice. uh, I will say by Friday of Valentine's week. So February 16th will Ooh, be our deadline for nice. that. Yeah. But get don't stop there, just get for that. No. Yeah. But get it in. Yeah. Uh, they can also email us uh, if you have a fun story that you want to let us know. If you email me at bowtieguy at mess it up podcast, uh, it'll come to my inbox. What about the interns? What do they do? The interns, well, first of all, they make us coffee. They do. They get us donuts. Sometimes they make us spam and eggs. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good day. Ooh, uh, but good they day. answer the email at info at messituppodcast.com. Oh, really? Really? That's fantastic. It is. You know where my emails come? No, tell me. They come to bikerchick that's at messituppodcast.com. <sighs> Yep. So if you want to get a hold of me, that's the way to do it. You know, here's the thing. All of this information is coming together right now, I think, in a beautiful way. Yeah. And that's our word of the week is (gasps) converge. Converge. Which is to come together. Not necessarily in a beautiful way, but when things converge, they meet at a point. And um, I like to think about my life coming together with my wife and converging. And since it's Valentine's week, I'm going a little bit thematic on things, uh, which you'll see when we get to the song of the week. I'm very proud of the song of the week that we picked. But anyhow, converge. Converge is the word of the week. Use it in sentences and you get bonus points. If you hashtag word of the week, uh, that's fun too. I'll be checking for those things. Wow. Yeah. Whole lot going on. So Christina. Yes. Talk to me about your um, amazing thought that you had about 
the, the different kind of attachment styles. That's the one. That's the one. So I talked to my counselor recently who I have been talking to since I got sober, basically. So part of my recovery was not just celebrate recovery, but it was also speaking to a counselor first on a weekly and bi-weekly and then monthly. And now it's like quarterly over the phone. Um, but I found it interesting because I'm going through a lot of things, right? Just found out, um, or was just diagnosed with bipolar. So that's kind of looking back historically over my life to see how that's affected things and what that looks like. Um, and I'm just going through a lot of life changes. Like what am I going to do career wise? I'm in school right now. What are my passions? What do I want? So my counselor does a really good job of helping me sort through things from a different perspective. And I enjoy my counselor because I've known her for six years. And so she knows Christina through brand new sobriety, which was basically, you know, the me who used to drink and the me six and a half years later. So, um, one thing that we were talking about is just how I deal with relationships and how I deal with people. And she's like, well, that's because your attachment style is avoidant attachment. And I was like, huh, (laughs) what does that mean? And so she kind of summarized it and I kind of forgot about it, but then it's kind of been on my mind. Like, what does that mean? How does that affect me? What is, what are the different attachment styles? So today I was just kind of picking into it a little bit and I will be doing a lot more research and I'm sure I'm going to find a whole book or five to read about (laughs) it. Um, but she said, according to this, I went to blogs at psychcentral.com and they have a little article and it defines the three different attachment styles that a person can have. And the first is secure attachment, which is a good attachment, right? You're secure. Everything is good. And then there's avoidant attachment and then anxious attachment. So I was like, all right, I'm avoidant. Let's see what this bad boy says, right? And so it says, your caregivers were probably distant, cold, or unresponsive. As a result, you become more independent and self-reliant, not wanting to depend on inconsistent people. So to me, that sounds like I have trust issues. Check. (laughs) Hit that nail on the head. Close relationships tend to feel smothering and like they're impeding your independence. Um, Yeah, I don't like smothery people. Check. (laughs) You pull away from intimacy when it feels too intense. Um, yeah, check. That's me too. You need a lot of time to yourself, which I do. And it's funny because I like to think of myself as an extrovert. I, I feed off of people, but I definitely have to have, I recharge by myself. So I'm actually an introvert because my recharging is done at home. Okay. Um, and then you may resist commitment. Uh, maybe is, I'm, I'm still focusing on the recharging alone. I'm just kind of processing that. And now do you recharge? Is it the aloneness or is it the at-homeness or does it have to be both for you? I, (laughs) I don't know. I'm not alone a lot. I guess I got my kids, but no, it's that, that independent space I think would be the best way to describe it where I can do me, be me, focus on the things that I need to for me that resets my world. I love people. I get energized off of good conversation and stuff like that. But without the downtime and without the lone time, I find that I am drained. Okay. Now, um, on this, uh, this concept and theory here, 
is the presupposition that everybody has one of these three styles. It's not like if you have a, ta- it, 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 you are one of these three. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. That That's the presupposition. Okay. Now I'm looking at this and I think some of the things that you mentioned, like the, the detached emotional, uh, from youth, I have that, but it made me go the opposite where I like, I'm a clinger. Are you an anxious attachment? This is the next uh, style. So the first one is a secure attachment, which everyone should have, right? You had your needs met. You feel comfortable and close being intimate. You seek and maintain close, stable relationships. That's all secure attachment. That's what everyone goes for, right? Mm -hmm. Is to have securely attached children that can be independent without it being a fault, right? And then there's anxious attachment. Your caregivers were inconsistent in attending to your needs. As a result, you hold on tight in order to try and get your needs met. Mm, yep. You crave in- Got me. You crave intimacy and can never get enough closeness. Uh-huh. You question whether your partner really loves you or whether you're lovable and seek frequent reassurance. Tell me more. And anxious attachment can be described as needy or clingy. Wow. Are you that, Paul? I am like a dryer sheet. You desperately seek security and attention from your partner, but this can push him or her away. Yeah. Yeah, I, the, when I, the thing that, and it's it's weird that this would be the thing that made the light bulb go on for me, mm-hmm. watching the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles one time, and there's the scene where they're having their first little fight in the hotel room, and... um. Uh, Steve Martin is talking to John Candy and talking about how he never lets anyone go and he just, you know, is, is too needy and whatnot. And I thought, that's me. I smother people mm. and, and just squish the life out of them because I want to have them so much that I don't give people a chance for their independence or whatever. And I have to be very aware of that. And it's hard for me to let a person go and not come running back or even just to send a text like, did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? What do you think? What do you think? Am I okay? I need that reassurance. That's, um, yeah, that, that nails me. Anxious attachment. Anxious attachment. Wow. Good stuff. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to have to dig a little bit more into what this means, what it looks like, because I know that I was reading this other little thing, you know, 10 signs that your partner has this attachment style and some of them, I was like, wait a minute. So number two on this list said avoidance are uncomfortable with deep feelings. I'm not. I'm very comfortable with deep feelings, but that's only grown in the past six years of recovery. My natural instinct is to not go deep with people I don't know because I don't trust them. Sure. But now that I've taken that back, I've taken control of the past and what has happened and you know, the fact that no one else can use it against me in, in a harmful way. We talked about that a few podcasts ago. I'm okay talking about deep feelings because you can't hurt me with what I feel. I no longer see it as a tool that can be used against me. But before, absolutely, I wouldn't tell you what I felt or what my heart's desire or anything else was because I don't trust you. <gasps> and I just had a revelation, realization. Is that the same thing? It could be. I love how we do this. Yeah. I, I, I ask questions about words and Paul's like, hmm, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but I still fear telling people my deepest dreams and desires, like the things that I long for most in life. I still don't tell people that. Is that because you think you're jinxing it or? I think because I doubt it. 
Mm. I doubt the possibility of it. And if I talk about it, I'll seem foolish because those things just aren't going to happen, Christina. Right. Now, I, I, when you were talking about that, I could see myself thinking, all right, I like to have a deep conversation with someone and get intimate, but I also am, I, I will share my story where it's appropriate with anybody, but if you have shown yourself to be not trustworthy or to be a person who's looking to harm me, I will be a little more hesitant and I won't right. just go around willy nilly, you know, doing whatever, because right. I might not be able to trust you in that sometimes limits me but we sit here and share very deep feelings with the world yes hello world hello. how you doing so it's it's just ironic because i think we're comfortable sharing in a recovery setting maybe mm-hmm. saying hey these are helpful things that we feel deeply about well and i better. know that the mess it up audience is not out to hurt us no yeah. that's great yeah. but There's always that crazy. There can be. Yes. There can be. Now I am the, the, the wide eyed optimist that feels like, okay, I'm willing to take the chance that that there might be some crazy out there, but I'm willing to take that risk that the one crazy might hurt me so that the rest of the normies can benefit from it. And I will, I'll do that every time I'll take a risk on love, even though the love might hurt later when it's gone. To have, you know, I believe that, you know, it's better to have loved and lost than to never loved at all. I, I, that's, that's a me kind of a, a feeling. Another me kind of a feeling is we've been talking a while and it's time to roll it into our song of the week. Now, now I'm going to reveal the secret on this. Our Mm -hmm. song of the week this week is it's tricky to say her name. So if I butcher the name, I apologize. Uh It's Francesca Battistelli. And the song of the week, which I thought would be perfect for Valentine's week, is the breakup song. Ha ha ha. Fear you don't own me. There ain't no room in this story. And I ain't got time for you telling me what I'm not like. You know me. Well, guess what? I know who I am. I know I'm strong. And I You probably never saw it coming Something's gotta give So I give up you good stuff. <laughs> These songs, I always feel like when I come back, I'm like, I just love this song. Mm-hmm. And I do. I, I, I heard this song and I was like, you know what? I know it's called the breakup song, but she says, fear you don't owe me. And I like to just think fear, suck it. 
Right. Get out. We're breaking up. Yes. Not a part of me anymore. And I, I love at the end of the song where she says, is there anybody out there just like me? Anybody needing fear to leave? I'm like raising my hand in the car. Like, and, and if you don't know how to say it, they just sing along with me. Fear, you don't own me. Right. You don't. I don't have time for you telling me what I'm not. Like, you know me. Well, guess what? I know who I am. And I didn't used to know. Mm. who I was. I didn't. I thought I was someone else. I told myself the wrong stories. I believed the wrong lies. And I bought into the, the self doubt and the, the, the self unworthiness. And that's just a bunch of hogwash poppycock nonsense. And so I just love the song. Plus it's so bubbly. I just love the boom, 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 boom. It is. It's got good beat. Yeah. It's just, it's fun, 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 fun. (laughs) <laughs> Paul's looking at me like, what you got, girl? Uh, yeah, well, I don't want to... People fun... accuse me of talking too much on this show. No way. Way. They say, you know, Paul, hmm. we love that girl, Christina. Paul. Yeah, maybe you should let her talk a little bit. So I was trying to let you without being awkward. But We're still, it's I mean, awkward. It's only 44 shows in. We're still learning how to dance. Right. I'm stepping on we your are. toes. All the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got nothing. This is a great song. It's yeah. a fun song. It's... It's a powerful song. It's one of those songs, like, if you're having a crappy day, you want to turn it on and you want to sing and dance around to it. I do. When it's this song comes on, this is a turn-up song. Yeah. This is a totally yeah. turn-up song. Like, take a minute, let it settle in. You probably never saw it coming. Something's got to give. So, I give up on you. Mm-hmm. There's no room for you here. Hit the bricks, pal. Gosh, I wish you were on video right now. You are hysterical. I know. He is talking so much with his hands that they are flying. They they need like their own, um, what is it, a traffic controller? Yeah, yeah, or zip code. I mean, they're they're all over the place. And I'm not even Italian. I know, strange. It is strange. Um, Yeah. I lost it. You lost it? Never mind. I lost it a long time ago. Yeah, pretend like I wasn't talking just like everybody else was. I pretend that all the time. Yeah, I know. Did you hear about the new restaurant on the moon? Nope. Great food, horrible atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. You're such a yeah, nerd. That just happened. Such a nerd. So um, I was thinking about uh, problems a while back, and I, I wrote just a little note to myself. I said, if the, and in quotation marks, if the prop, not if, the problem is not the problem. The problem is how we think about the problem. And that kind of flows in with this whole converges, I guess, with the song. Yeah, bonus points for Paul right there. That there's an idea of just listening to the wrong things and processing in error. You know, the, the error of my own processing and the fallacy of my own beliefs is what leads me down the wrong way. And it's like, it's easy to see when you're watching the horror movie, mm-hmm. you're like, no, don't go in the closet. Go out of the house. Right. He's in the house with you. You know, it's like, we. I can see it from outside. I can point it out in somebody else's life. Right. But in my own, mm, not as much. And I, I, I'm guessing that other people can see it in mine. And they're like, no, Paul, you've got some wrong thinking here. That, that, that's not what the problem is. The problem is you're processing that wrong. You're, you're taking what I'm giving you in the wrong way. And I've seen that like in a conversation with my wife where she does something and I'm like, what on earth are you thinking? And she's like, I'm thinking I'm trying to help you because I love you and it didn't work out, but maybe you can calm down, Mr. Man. You know? <laughs> and, and I do that 
more often than I'd like to admit, mm -hmm. probably. Um, mm -hmm. And she's so sweet, she just doesn't say anything about it. Well, but it's hard to see anything other than what you see. That's why we need other people, right? I've gone through this whole thing lately of, I don't see myself from your perspective. Mm -mm. I don't see things from your perspective at all. Well, because frankly, I'm not you. Right. And so if you're not going to help me see things from your perspective, how am I supposed to see things from a different perspective? Because all I see thing from, things from are my perspective, right? Yeah. That's it. Do you actively so, search for that other perspective or do you avoid it or do you not consider that it's there? I think in it general. depends. In general, I'm a big old convergence of all three. Ah, bonus points for Christy. Nah. Um, because sometimes I don't care about your perspective or your point or how you see things um, because I know I'm right. Yeah. And that's it. Um, other times, yes, please share with me what I'm not seeing. I'm trying desperately to understand. I try to be mindful of other people's perspectives. And I, in general, love to see other people's perspectives because as much as I also am always right, I don't mind being I say that. even writer. Right. And when I can understand other people's perspectives, it gives me an opportunity to get what's going on with them or why they're doing this and to avoid more problems. And I think perhaps because I'm a student of history, I love to see the different sides and know. I, I love to show when I was teaching fifth grade, we had uh, U.S. history was mm -hmm. our social studies for the year. And so I would show them in the book where we had a, a segment on the American Revolution. And in our book, it was like a 500-page book. It was about 100 pages devoted to the revolution. Yeah. Then I took out my book from when I took British history in college. And I would show them the segment dedicated not to the American Revolution, but to the problem with the colonies. And there were about two and a half pages dedicated to the American colonies in North America right. that broke away amongst all the other ones in the British Empire. It was a blip right. in their history. It was the crux of our history. And that perspective, the, mm. the facts aren't changed. Right. But the perspective makes a difference. And a person's perception is their reality. Absolutely. And I try to convey that message all the time. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. Right. That's what they're operating on. Right. And if I can understand why you're operating the way you are, it'll make it easier for us to coexist. It'll make it easier for our lives to converge. Right. And it'll make our relationship more successful. Mm -hmm. It really will. And so knowing the other person, whether it's to get along better with them or just to understand where they might try to attack me or, you know, what kind of crazy they might bring into the equation. I, I like to know those things. Well, that's one thing I was talking to Bevy about last week was, um, my husband will sometimes say, Christina, you, it's like, it's the end of the world to you. And for me, it's like, well, yeah, it kind of is the end of the world. It's the end of my world. It's, I live in this space and this is my world. I don't work outside of the home. I don't do a lot of other extracurricular activities. So my world is my home base, right? My house is 90% of my world because that's where I am all the time. So if something is exploding within those four walls, 
then it is the end of my world. It doesn't seem that big to you because that's not all of your world. You live in a different world that isn't just mine. And so perspective is very different there. If I had outside time away from the house, then my world would be shared with different perspectives, right? Mm -hmm. I would be working in a full-time job and get away and there'd be other things. But the perspective between husband and wife can be very different based on what they do in a day, how they see things, you know, and getting those perspectives kind of in line and being open to them is very important. Yeah. I, I sit, I spend a lot of time in Starbucks and as I'm sitting there working on writing or whatever it happens to be, I can hear these conversations and there's a group of old fellas that sit across the room and I try to sit across the room from them because they are not particularly they don't demonstrate much interest in other perspective. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's our perspective. Let's just echo it to ourselves, make ourselves feel good, inflate ourselves with our own egos, and then move away. And it's right. always us and them kind of conversation. When they talk politics, it's our side and their side. Right. It's never, let's come together and make an us. It's just like, those people need to be stopped and right. our people need to be encouraged. And I just... it. It befuddles me to use another word from a a previous podcast that just, I just don't understand that approach to life because you're, you're hoping for a fight, for a difference, for a lack of cooperation and communication, a lack of convergence. And I always want to move forward. Right. You know, more people in the pool is great. You know, I, I, I love when I go to neighborhoods where there's no fences and people can just run through and play a whole game of football instead of a little tiny game of football in their little tiny yard. But in their world, they are moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, what's crazy. Yeah. We can look at somebody else and go, no, you're pretty stagnant. You're within this little box. And they're like, oh no, we're making progress. We're moving forward. We're, We're doing great. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely how you see the problem. How, what your perspective is. And I think that's why it's invaluable to have those people that can speak into our lives who have a different perspective. Yes. The different for sure. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get in an echo chamber and it feels good when everybody agrees. I don't think so. But problems arise so quickly because there's no one to say, wait a minute, this is a bad idea. See, I don't like when everybody's co-signing my BS. Well, yeah. I really don't. Yeah. I want somebody to stand up and be like, Hey, even if I'm a hundred percent right and I know it, I still want someone to say, Hey, have you looked at a different perspective? Because I might be headstrong and I might think I'm right and I'm very not right. Well, and it, it, I see people shelter their children from, uh, different viewpoints and it can be real easy to like say, okay, I'm not going to let my children hear this or that. And I'm not saying we should bombard our kids with horrible stuff, but um, I, I see a lot of, uh, going with the quotes here, Christian people who worry when their kids grow up and they're going to college because now they're going to go and they're getting into college and they won't be able to just feed them their own line of belief. Right. If my beliefs can't stand up to a question, my beliefs are pretty shaky. And I want my right. kids to be able to defend their beliefs and to hear opposing viewpoints and be able to listen to it, acknowledge it and say, okay, that's your perspective, here's mine, and have it not shake their foundation, but actually bolster that foundation. Well, we were talking about Job last week, Mm -hmm. and that makes me think of that. And Job's beliefs were very strong. Yes. 
And it didn't matter what came from the outside. He was unshakable right. in that because he had experienced the world. He had experienced so many things. He was a strong follower and devout follower of God. You know, this was even before Christ. So he just had the sacrificial system. Right. And he believed in that, even though he had experienced other things. And then he was given over and experienced the worst of the worst. Right. And was able to make that decision of faith to continue to believe in God based on the sturdiness of his foundation because of the worldly aspects. He knew of all of this evil, yet he still chose what he believed in. Yeah, that's that's some powerful faith. That's some powerful strength. Yeah. And I don't believe you get that in an echo chamber. No, and I believe that's his perspective on the problem was very different than the people sitting around him trying to get him to waver in, yeah. in what he believed. Yeah. And, and if all we do is just consider the same stuff we've considered, we don't have any new thought. We never go anywhere different. Nope. And without going somewhere different, things won't get better. True. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of better things, this is Valentine's week and I heard something really sad to me and my sister. There is a shortage of conversation hearts this year. Apparently the company that made them, uh, went bankrupt and was purchased by another company. And that other company did not realize how early they needed to ramp up production of these in order to meet the demand for Valentine's day. And so there is a massive shortage of conversation hearts. Uh, in America what are we this do? year. Well, that's the question. So what I would like for people to do, this is our fun social media game. What I want you to do is take conversation hearts and send us a message on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and we're going to use the hashtag messed up conversation. So put hashtag messed up conversation. We'll get those things and someone is going to get a lovely Valentine's prize for that. So let's do that. We got lots of stuff to do on the social media this week. We're trying to make fun games for everyone because I mean, it's fun and we love you. I'm giving you the old Justin Bieber heart right now That's right. uh, on the internet, but we appreciate you guys being here and we want to let you know that. So happy Valentine's day to those of you who Valentine's happy. Just, Hey, it's almost Paul's birthday week uh, for the rest of people. Mm -hmm. And, um, we'll be here every time you mess it up. And when we're here messing it up, hopefully you'll hear us mess it up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you don't like that sentence and you want to tell me about it, email me at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. If you feel that's just a little too personal, you just want to talk to our interns, info at messituppodcast.com is their email address. Uh-huh. And if you want mine, it's bikerchick at messituppodcast.com. This is so much fun. We've done 44 of these. That's the same number of presidents. That's a crazy, you know, stat. Yeah, it's nutty. I mean, we're going to surpass the president soon. That's fantastic. We're awesome. Yes, we are. We've got gumption, but that'll come later. Next week's word. (laughs) No, no, that'll be, that'll be down the line. But uh, anyhow, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Share the show with your friends. Please. Uh, Don't keep the secret to yourself. Let everyone know about it. And uh, we appreciate that in advance. Have a great week. We'll see you next time we mess it up. Ta-ta.
Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.